friends, students, and bears everywhere. Welcome to this edition of The Sound Barrier. That's right, Northeast State's official podcast. We're here today with our good friend, Heath McMillan, Executive Director of Workforce Development here at Northeast State and a longtime ally of all things workforce and technical education in Northeast State. Uh, Heath, welcome. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, oh, by the way, folks, I sometimes fail to do this. My name's Tom Wilson. I'm your host for this uh, for this podcast. So, Heath, how how, how you doing? How you feeling today? How uh, things going? I'm doing doing well, Tom. Thank thank you for having me. Uh, things things are going well. How are you been you? holding up here in uh, in the old era of COVID? What the rest of us are doing? Uh, fortunately, very well. Um, been very fortunate to have a great team at RCAM uh, that have just proven uh, how selfless they are during this time to to provide uh, everything that our industry partners needed. We've had some great industry partners, uh, very innovative folks at RCAM to ensure that we could keep these labs going safely because um, you know it's very important uh, in the apprenticeship role that those could keep could continue of course. Right now I know um, You've been uh, in technical education. You're, you're a skilled welder, among other um, skilled trades out there. Wh- when did you kind of get your start, um, even as far back as, as a student, in, in really skilled technologies? Well, uh, it goes back to the, the summer of 95. It was when I first came uh, to Northeast State. Uh, I was a senior in high school. I knew, knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to major in instrumentation engineering here at Northeast State. And... Um, ACT score wasn't that great, um, but uh, started out in a developmental math class here in the summer of 95, actually before I graduated high school. Was here for two and a half years, counting that summer, uh, completed my associate's degree in instrumentation, then uh, went, in, went into the workforce, uh, worked on uh, TVs and satellites for a while, then worked on, I was a copier repairman for, for several years. Uh, Hmm. And in Tennessee, and and, and North, moved to North Carolina when I got married, and uh, was a copy repairman for all Western North Carolina. Um, continued my education there uh, at at Montreat College, then uh, got a job for a CD and DVD manufacturer. And after after about um, six years in North Carolina, my, my wife decided she wanted to move home, and. Um, so that's when I applied at Eastman. Uh, applied at Eastman, and um, kind of a funny story, kind of a end around. I applied there and was hired as an electrician, and um, turned in my notice. I had a great job in North Carolina working for this CD and DVD manufacturer, and um, turned in my notice and went and did my physical at Eastman. About a week before I was supposed to leave, um, I got a call back from um, from the HR manager. Said, well, you know, we've got a, an issue, and I was like, uh oh. He said, "He said you've got a you're colorblind, and we can't hire you as an electrician." Oh no! <laughs> uh, but he said we've got a new program here uh, called a field mechanic program, and um, it's it's all welding. And I and I said, "Listen, I'm I'm not going to lie to you, but I've never struck an arc before in my life." <laughs> and uh, he said, "That's okay. We'll train you." And so I did it. 27 years old, started um, as a as a film mechanic, basically a pipe fitter and welder apprentice at Eastman at 27 years old. Worked my way through that. Um, when I graduated from that program, that's when I came back to Northeast State as an adjunct faculty. That was about 2010. Worked my way through Eastman's management program, 
then uh, 2018, I had the opportunity to come to RCAM on the partnership between Eastman and RCAM. Uh, then in 2019, as the grant was coming to an end, uh, you know, I was able to transition over to the college full time. Right. So, kind of a long story there, but uh, lots of oh. history in Northeast State. No, a, a winding path, as so many people have taken. It's it's a it's a winding path to get where we we are meant to be. Sometimes, yeah. definitely. Uh, now, when you say RCAM, we're of course talking about the Regional Center for Advanced Manufacturing in Kingsport, sure. uh, which was um, uh, really kind of the home base over there for for a lot of technical education operations for our, our Kingsport campus and a lot of things happening over there. Um, by the way, manufacturingfuture.net, that's the RCAM's website in case you want to go uh, check out and see what they've got, manufacturingfuture.net. Now, obviously, we, we talked about COVID a moment ago and how that, what kind of challenges that's presented to a lot of training workers, a, a lot in, in the technical education field, because there's some things you simply can't translate to a Zoom classroom. How has uh, how's the faculty there at RCAM what kind of steps have they taken to get students instructed, taught safely during this uh, during this time? And and what are some of the uh, kind of the innovative, inventive ways they've come up with with still delivering the curriculum? Well, there have been several things that we've had to do. Um, I'll give you an example. In our study center, we we used to be able to test 22 people at once and it was kind of come as come whenever you were ready to to, to be proctored uh, and one of the first things we, we figured out that we weren't going to be able to allow that many people in that room and right. uh, just one of the innovative things there at RCAM the team came up with was uh, a new register blast system to where the students could register to come in and study and test uh, so we could kind of keep track of that and ensure that we would be, would be able to socially distance there We've had to reduce the, the number of apprentices in our labs. You know, our labs are, are very small anyway. It's a one to four instructor to student ratio. So now we're down to one to two. Uh, wow, nice. Which that's, that has increased the number of labs, which has been difficult for scheduling uh, at RCAM, but, but, it, but they've made it work. Uh, just unbelievable team there. But those are some of the things that, we, that we've incorporated. Isn't that kind of, I guess, maybe one of the inspirations uh, for people to get into technical education, they always seem to be able to find answers. And the faculty over there really seem to be able to, to find the answers through all this. I know when uh, uh, the mask printing, Keith. Keith Bowery. Keith Bowery started, yes. Bowery started doing uh, the mask printing from our 3D printers over there very early uh, in March of last year that uh, the, the faculty just seem to find the answers to make it happen over there. Is, is that just kind of a, something that technical people do as far as their own creativity that you found? I think so. I mean, that's, that's the, the beauty of, of, the, of those type of things. You know, when you're in, when you're in the maintenance world, you're, you always find yourself troubleshooting and trying to find things to find better ways to do things, easier ways at times. Uh, and, of course, in manufacturing, most, most anyone that's been in manufacturing now, uh, you're, you're leaning into that lean manufacturing and continuous improvement. So uh, I think that's just kind of the nature of, the, of those folks. Now, the workforce has certainly uh, undergone some changes uh, as well. What, what do you hope to see um, Northeast State do both here at the Bluntville campus at, at, our, uh, at our tech um, building that we're in and also at RCAM as far as equipping 
the workforce for the next five, 10 years down the road. And of course, when I say that, so many people have been displaced from jobs, careers have been lost, everybody has to kind of uh, reset. What, what do you hope to see uh, us do from the technical education perspective here in the next few years to, to make this workforce alive again? Well, I think um, number one is to ensure that our facilities are utilized to their fullest capacity. You know, we still have some capacity at, at the Arkham Academy. Uh, we, I think we can, we can do that through uh, a stronger dual enrollment program. Uh, we, were on, we were on a great path when COVID hit and just kind of seemed to, to tank for a little while. But I, I think number one is, is getting these, these students engaged earlier uh, and finding quicker ways. You know, education takes time, there's no doubt but ensuring that, that we are being innovative, much like the four years are with, with, that you see in the accelerated bachelor programs, that, that we are being just as innovative in training folks as, as they, they are. Okay. Do you know roughly how many people, how many students we've had um, on ground in labs uh, at RCAM for fall, for the fall semester and into spring semester so far, just roughly? Approximately, I think in the fall we had around 700, okay. and then this semester is not not a lot different. It's about 730, 735, something like that. Oh, so, so we we've, we've held consistent. That those those numbers are are apprentice. Are, the majority are apprentice numbers right now, mm-hmm. a little over half. Uh, and of course, those those are not there every day. They're, mm-hmm. they're, it's a it's a rotation. So, but that's right. that's currently the number that we are serving. Yeah, speaking of, uh, of innovation and apprentices, uh, a few years back, Northeast State uh, went into, uh, with cooperation from the United States Department of Labor, established an apprenticeship program, which has really been uh, a, a model for uh, a lot of people. A lot of people have taken notices of this apprenticeship program. Talk a little bit about, um, if you can, how, how that started and how that's been, been followed through in these, these last two or three years. Okay. Well, for, for many years, of course, that apprenticeship registration with the DOL came prior to, to, to me coming to Arkham mm-hmm. through some very innovative folks that were there before me. Um, that came about because for many years when Arkham started, they would host a lot of smaller companies and, and, and show the capabilities that Arkham had and Northeast State had and talk about apprenticeship programs and they would come talk to these HR managers and they would be really wide-eyed and surprised and of what we offered and we would never hear from them again. Oh. So so what we what we noticed is is a lot of HR managers at these smaller companies they wear a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. You know, they <laughs> they're hiring, they're they're doing training, they're doing safety and basically it come down to we realized they couldn't manage an apprenticeship program. So what, what we did uh, as the first community college to register an apprenticeship in Tennessee, what, what that did was, was bring scale, uh, bring scale to and allow the, the companies with 50 employees to send one apprentice. And, and so that's, that's, what that's what that's done for us, and it's, it's been uh, really good for the region. We, we have several smaller companies that are sending one and two apprentices now. Uh, so that scale has, has allowed us to, to expand the apprenticeship model. The the apprentice, I guess you you go back even into uh, 
the Middle Age times, people think about apprentices to various skills and trades and, and a lot of the, uh, the guilds, I guess you could call, of, of very skilled workers. Um, let me ask you this question first. Why should creative people think about technical education and think about these type of, of very skilled jobs? And I, and I say that about um, welding, machining, uh, even types of chemical process operations, all these skills require a certain finesse and a certain eye for what you're doing. Why should creative people think about this and look at it as, as really a um, an art form, I guess? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Tom. And I, I often talk about this, and I'll give you an example. Uh, well, I, I say this oftentimes. I think we'd have... We'd have um, far fewer starving artists if we were able to paint a picture and a pathway for skilled trades to these folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about the just, let's say, CAD, uh, computer-aided drafting or machining, mm-hmm. and these kids in schools that are that we, we identify early that they are very creative and very artistic, uh, That, but we just, we fail to, to show them that pathway, I think, of, of how their skill could be used in the in the, in the trades, uh, especially in in the design trades and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very important that we engage those folks mm-hmm. because their ability to create and to, to think creatively mm-hmm. is is one of the largest skills I think we're missing in the workforce today. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, now, how about um, as far as reaching kids early on, do dual enrollment students come to RCAM, and, and do we have? I'm pretty sure we have a, a, a dual enrollment pipeline for students coming to RCAM right now. Do we not? We do. We we actually have um, a welding class with with Dobbins Bennett currently. We have had machining and welding. Uh, you know, a couple summer before last, we had our first summer dual enrollment welding. We had 13 students uh, that were at RCAM for eight weeks, three days a week, eight hours a day two females, uh, they finished the summer with eight hours of credit in welding. Uh, oh, which, nice. You know, it's almost unheard of. We, I, I tell this story as well. You know, doctor, it was Dr. Rao's idea, he and Dr. Shadden, and uh, when they told me about it, I thought, well, this may or may not work. And, um, well, the morning of the class, when it, to start, mm-hmm. uh, the students actually showed up before the instructor. And, and the last day of, of the summer, at 5 o'clock, we had to make them leave. Uh, oh, they, that's what you want to see, yes. So kids are hungry for it. We just got to create the pathways. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Now, is um, with, with the way the society in general is coming in, in flux right now, how do you see the workforce developing in our region? And this goes back to a, little, a question we asked a little bit earlier. How do you see... The workforce developing over the next few years um, in, in terms of, of new skill sets needed. Uh, a lot of people are moving to Tennessee. It's a, it's certainly a, a, a state that people want to be in. Um, how do we address the need to, to kind of meet, uh, meet the demands for certain jobs and certain skill sets that maybe they exist in some states, they don't necessarily exist here. But how can we? How do you see us kind of making that, uh, making it possible for for people moving to Tennessee to find those skill sets and find those careers? I, th- I think some of the things that, that I see here, 
you know, regionally, we're leaning into um, tourism mm -hmm. there. But, a, but another big leg when you think about economic development is entrepreneurship. Uh, it, right, yeah, true. And, and we are seeing the region being working really hard to be more friendly towards startups, uh, major tech startups. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with sink space in the area. So I think we really need to ensure that, that we have models to help the entrepreneur uh, understand business. Uh, then going back, you know, and as we look at these displaced workers, I mean, we've actually, we're actually seeing people that are displaced from manufacturing that are looking to become entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. uh, people that are looking for remote work mm -hmm. uh, because of, they have children at home. Uh, so I, I think that, that's going to give an increase in uh, the need for IT skills. So, so right. those are some of the things that, that I think we need to look at, look at as, as we look to serve the people of the community. Right. Now, how, how much do you all work with um, our Career and Workforce Development Center here at, here at Northeast State? I know Jennifer Kendrick and, and Julie Murray, they do a terrific job with um, the services they provide. How much do you all uh, work with them as far as maybe finding people some new, new career paths through RCAM? Or, or even other, other technical education jobs that, that those large workers are looking for? Uh, almost daily. Uh, so, you know, we, we're in conversation about companies and their uh, intervie interviewing students and providing these uh, virtual employer spotlights uh, monthly. Uh, Julie Murray actually sits on the Advanced Manufacturing Partnership. The, the Advanced Manufacturing Partnership, what that is, is it's kind of how RCAM is, has been guided over the 10 years. Mm -hmm. we, we meet there once a month with local manufacturers that's, that's on the partnership, Eastman and Domtar, uh, Silk Enclosures, uh, Kingsport Chamber is there, uh, ten, the, uh, the Director for Economic and Community Development for the State of Tennessee is there. We meet there monthly. We talk about what's going on in the region. We talk about what's needed. Uh, we talk about what we're doing. How can we improve? So... Yeah, we're really engaged with, with our career and workforce development and the great work that they're doing there. Cool, cool. Um, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. This is a little bit of a personal question. Most of us here at Northeast State uh, know this, but your kids are very, very talented musicians. And uh, we've, we've got, to, got the pleasure to hear them uh, a few times in Zoom meetings, uh, and I know. But um, talk a little bit about how they got into music and some of the things they're doing because it's that's a really interesting interesting story well you know my, my daughter got into music really from my from my mom uh, mm -hmm. my daughter's been singing since she was two i think oh wow so that you know we we just we started started lessons with her probably when she was six for voice lessons and then i did i did something with my kids uh some people may not agree with, but I, I require them to, to play an instrument at least through middle school. Mm -hmm. Any instrument, whatever they want. Um, my daughter, she's been through numerous instruments, and <laughs> uh, my son kind of settled on guitar. And uh, you know, and I, I told him, I said, if after middle school, if you don't want to play, you don't have to, but it's just kind of a requirement. Right. Fortunately, it took off. Uh, you know, and they've been connected with some great friends that enjoy music and. Uh, uh, one of my daughter's friends, and so they they started a, a band locally, and 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 had some had some good success there. But uh, 
I'm not sure that they got a lot of talent from me, I, but uh, <laughs> they they do really well, and uh, I, I enjoy listening to them. Is it just something they just the, the passion just took hold, and they they it just love to do it? It just took hold. You know, we whenever we worked, we I always worked to get good teachers for mm-hmm. them, uh, not people that could not people only that could teach them theory, but could inspire them. Right. You know, and we think about education. That's that's what we're looking for is, is teachers that can inspire people to learn, and that's that's what what they've what I've been able to do with them. Okay, very nice. Yeah, we've we've uh, had the pleasure to hear him a few times. Hopefully, yeah, we can you. get some get some live shows out there when you know we get back to normal here. They can, we can go see him live a few places would be great. Yeah, they had you know COVID was a was a big one for them because uh, they already had. A spot at a at a store uh, for Rhythm and Roots, which which was canceled. Um, oh yes, just, they, they had some huge opportunities coming in, uh, so it just kind of tailed off. But you know, same for everyone. But I'm sure it'll come back. Yeah, I think Rhythm and Rhythm and Roots, I believe, is on this year. They're going to try to it have is. it this year. It is on. Oh, uh, let's fingers I have crossed. Tickets. <laughs> yes, let's. It's such a such a great thing for this area. I just hope it hope it yes, can it happen this year. Okay, Heath, we are, it's now time for the three-question challenge. Are you ready to take this on? I, I think I am. I most think guests am. Can, can get it. Some stumbles, but most have got it all right. Are you, are you ready to take on the three-question speed challenge? I'm ready. All right. Question number one, ham and cheese or BLT? Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Okay. All right. Why? Just not, not a bacon like, thing? I don't like tomato. Oh, don't like tomato. Oh, well, okay. Not growing them or anything, because you, you've got to grow tomatoes in spring and summer around here. That's just a requirement for the I, South. I, I, I don't. I just bought a farm, actually, but I don't, I don't have any plans for tomatoes. Oh, well, hey. Uh, question number two. Iron Man or Captain America? Captain America. Captain America, really? Yeah. Why so? I don't know. I don't have an Captain answer America. for that. Just I thought Iron Man. I thought, well, you know, Tony Stark got the tech going. Flying, you I, know. I, yeah, I never watched either one of them, really, when, growing up. I just... Uh, Captain America. Well, you know, a solid choice. Yeah. You know, he, uh, people love Captain America. People yeah. love the Captain. Question number three, and this is very timely. Uh, Falcon 9 or Mars Rover? I'm going to say Mars Rover. Mars Rover. Mars Rover. Yeah, Perseverance is up there on Mars right now, sending back the photos. So it's, yeah, yeah a big, a, another another great success. Right. Very impressive. Okay, Mars Rover it is. Uh, and I think that's, well, those are our three questions. And you did have, did have answered them with flying colors. So very well done. Uh, but Heath, this is, uh, I suppose we've, Come to the end of this particular episode. Thank you for joining us here on the Soundberry. We appreciate it a lot. We know it's fine work by you and the RCAM, the whole RCAM staff over there, and from Cindy to Ron to Ron Broadwater and Joe yeah. and Starling and everybody. The whole team over there does a, a phenomenal job, and, and it's greatly appreciated by everybody. Yeah, yeah. The, the team, I, I couldn't do it without them. Uh, couldn't couldn't say enough good things about the team and. Uh, Tom, thank you for having me. Thank you for the work that you're doing to, to get it out. You know, this the, the team that the communications the thing that the things the communications team are doing here and the marketing team, uh, that's that's what it's all about. We can do a lot of great things, but if people don't know about it, it 
Not going to do a lot with it. We're trying. We keep so. keep keep pushing out there so people can know about it and and you know like we talked about earlier get get people interested get people excited from from artists to technicians to to displaced workers everybody come give northeast state a look and that's uh, what we keep trying to do anyway Heath again thank you all the way uh, oh by the way again manufacturingfuture.net that is the RCAM website go check it out and see what they're doing manufacturingfuture.net you can see the RCAM, the the many many opportunities that are open out there uh, to see. And of course, thank you as always to uh, the Entertainment Technology Department here at Northeast State, uh, Professor Will McMorrin, and uh, his fine band of students, always taking care of us and uh, getting these episodes recorded here in the uh, Entertainment Technology Studio. Thank you all so much. But again, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Sound Barrier. Hit us up there at thesoundbarrier.net. That's thesoundbarrier.net. Smash that old subscribe button. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, Overcast, even uh, on YouTube if you want to. Uh, any of your favorite podcast stations, you can just hit that subscribe button and hear episodes like this and some of our older episodes anytime. And again, soundbarrier.net. Also, northeaststate.edu. That's the official website of Northeast State Community College. And by the end of March, we're going to be enrolling for summer and fall classes. So, hey, keep that website in mind also, northeaststate.edu. Check us out here. And uh, until next time, fellow bears, we'll see you then.